WHHH-FM Indianapolis. It's time to take a look at what's going on in and around Indy. It's Open Lines, your eye on the community on High 96.3. Hold up. And good morning to you, Indianapolis. I'm Indy's newsman, Cameron Riddle, here in the 106.7 WTLC and Hot 96.3 studios on this Sunday, December 13th, 2020. It is a historic day uh, across this globe and in this country right now. The very first COVID-19 vaccines are being shipped out from our neighbors in Michigan. The very first vaccine that'll go to the hospitals is literally being loaded up on a truck right now, watching it on my TV screen and is being prepared to be sent to hospitals across the country, uh, including those right here in Indiana. Throughout the show today, uh, we will be talking about that in the second half of the show because there are a lot of concerns. It it doesn't really feel like a celebratory day. I know the folks I'm watching on TV are very excited about it, but it, it doesn't feel as momentous as, as it really is. And we'll talk about maybe why that is when you give us a call at 317-239-9696. And of course, a lot of people are hesitant about that vaccine uh, for a number of different reasons. But for black Americans, there is an added reason uh, why there is hesitation and skepticism of any vaccine, let alone one that was just whipped up in a matter of months. All that and more coming up this morning. But first, earlier this year, we had the Indiana Republican Party on the show. I think it was back in June when they had a uh, idea to start reaching out to black and brown Hoosiers about joining the Republican Party, which, as a lot of people would tell you, didn't seem like the place where they would be welcome. Well, the Indiana Republican Party said, not so fast. We're evolving. And so today we are going to get a progress report from the Indiana GOP. Kyle Hufer, the chairman, and Whitley Yates, an up and rising star on the team, will join us on our live line in just a second to introduce their first class, the inaugural class of the Diversity Summit and series that they are doing to try and add diversity, add color, add different perspectives to the Republican Party. Call us 317-239-9696, 317-239-9696. The show begins this morning with Kyle and Whitley, who are on the live line. Good morning. Morning. Good Whitley, morning. are you there? Good morning. Good to hear you both. Uh, I think it was back in, I think it was June, and correct me if I'm wrong, it was either June or May, because I remember it was right around the time of uh, what would have been the Indianapolis 500. That's when you guys came up with this idea uh, and this plan to recruit and welcome more black and brown Hoosiers to the party. Let's get a progress report. How's that going? Well, thanks for having us on this morning. Uh, th- things are going well. I-, I-, I would say it dates back a little bit further than that, just uh, especially with the hiring of, of Whitley. We-, we had the vision of, of starting a series where we would um, bring a diverse group of individuals from across the state together to um, learn about the Republican Party and also allow Republicans to learn from them about what they were what they were experiencing as you know black uh, or Latino Hoosiers. 
And so, um, you know, we, we started that program, started that process, put together a really strong advisory team, uh, recruited, interviewed from across the state, uh, and announced this week that first class. First class will start meeting in January, and it'll go for six week, or six months, uh, including a trip out to uh, Washington, D.C. So you guys have uh, got some folks who are interested. What has been the response since you started opening the door and rolling out the carpet? I would say there was immediate response from the community once you covered it and some of the other local publications covered it. My inbox began to be flooded with people who said, I've always identified with your principles, but I didn't have anyone to connect to. I'm so excited that you're doing this series. Tell me how I can get involved and be connected. And so the response has been overwhelming. Um, We weren't able to accept all of the people who applied to the series, but we wanted to make sure that we had a very strong first cohort that is going to be able to mesh together and really help to create resonance within communities of color around the state of Indiana. So are you ready to tell us some of the people who might be in this program? Yes. So we've already released the list as well as their bios. If you go to um, www.indiana.gop forward slash diversity, you can see the inaugural series class and their bios as well as read the bios of the advisory committee that also helped us forge this new class. So uh, I am uh, looking at that very website right now, and I see, of course, you and Mr. Hufer, but also Jillian Battle, uh, Stephanie Wade Bibbs, Sean Carruthers, Brandon Clifton, Terry Dove Pittman, Danny Lopez, David Olivencia, Tony Pearson, Jamal L. Smith, Alfonso Vidal, Tanisha Weiglet, Aaron Williams, and Aaron Williams is it rounds it out. Some of these faces and names look a little bit familiar to me, um, and I, I see black and brown. So you accomplish that goal, uh, and folks. That's the- that's the advisory. Committee. That's the advisory committee. Okay, I was gonna say, well, that's why they sound familiar. Okay, I'm on that page. <laughs> so if you scroll to the top, there of it is. Page, it's it's very small. It says meet our class. There meet it is. Meet our class here. All right, got to make that a little bigger. But it says, uh, okay, now let me give you the the actual inaugural class. My fault, everybody. Irene Bublik, Tiffany. Ditfulton. All right, I'm reading these cold here. Uh, help me out with Vittorio Duva. Yeah, Vittorio Duava. Cody Eckert. Cody Eckert. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michael Graza. Mm-hmm. Uh, a face and name that a lot of people are going to recognize. Pastor James Jackson. Uh, Sean Jointer. Another name and face I recognize. Paul Jones. Uh, Fletcher Cachell. B.R. Lane, James Lewis III, Emery McClendon, Derek Miller, Willie Miller, Christopher Mitchum, Tasha Phelps, Ricardo Torreblanca. Yes, and, sir. And that is the end uh, of that list. So, okay, now I'll repeat what I said the first time. Uh, black and brown, so you've accomplished that goal. And yeah, some some familiar faces and and different folks who are involved in the community in, in a different, uh, multiple different 
capacities. Were all of these folks uh, either uninvolved or were they Democrats before and decided, I'm going to come over and give you guys a try? I think that there has been a mix of interest on all levels. There are some people who already identified but wanted, wanted to get more connected. And then there were other people who would never maybe said, you know, I have conservative thoughts. You see, there's some clergymen, there are two pastors mm-hmm. within the series. And so we have a, a breadth of talent um, from different places across Indiana. And I'm so excited for them to come into the fold, for them to learn, network, um, and be able to really just build up relationships with key Republican officials around the state. So ultimately, what is the goal now? You've got you've got these folks who who have interest, but what what's the end game? Where do you want to take them? Well, I think it's you know we've been really uh, purposeful in not setting expectations for the class. Um, we feel like that they need to decide what their path is forward. We we certainly have high hopes that they will uh, have an increased engagement with the Republican Party after the series that they will take what they learned back into their own communities, their own friends, their own neighbors, their own churches, talk about what they've learned. Um, but as far as their personal paths, you know, we, we want to continue to grow our bench, but they can take this, this learning experience where they want. It may just be as a more involved citizen, maybe on a border commission. Um, they may choose to go and become more involved in campaigns or eventually be a staffer, uh, work in work in government somewhere, or you know, put their own name on the ballot someday. We want to give them the tools and the experiences to make that their own choice, um, and then also the the mentoring relationships, which I think is probably the most important uh, aspect of the series. Us helping to create long lasting, um, real relationships that, if they decide on a path, they decide they want to pursue something, that they have. Uh, relationships that can help support that and help guide them in that right direction so that they can be successful in their endeavors. We are talking this morning with the Indiana Republican Party, the GOP, bringing in and welcoming more black and brown Hoosiers with their diversity series and and uh, just trying to add different perspectives and welcome different folks to the party. Call us 317-239-9696, 317-239-9696. Whitley, you are a black woman who has been a rising star in the uh, Republican Party. You told us this story months ago when you came on, but just tell us again, what was it like for you to to get into this party? And obviously it's worked out for you. Absolutely. I mean, I'm going to be um, because I've worked with Republicans in other states, uh, but Indiana is my home and it has been very welcoming. I think that the perception of the Indiana Republican Party is a little bit different than the perception of other Republican parties. We have top leadership running the state of Indiana right now, and as you can see with that leadership, forging the way when it comes to appointing someone that's focused on equity. So with the Republican Party um, and what we're trying to do, we're also forging the way when it comes to the political sphere. And I think when I talk to communities of color in particular, you know, a lot of them say, well, we don't see our place because we don't see people who look like us. And so we want to let them know that you're not only welcomed here, but you belong here. And we're better when all of these voices are at the table. 
317-239-9696. That's the number to get on the air and join this conversation. The phone lines are ringing. Let's see who this is on line one. Caller, good morning. Who's this? Uh, Larry Vaughn, Good morning, Larry. I thought you'd call. Yeah, I can't believe these people have the nerve to come in there and sit in your studio or be on the phone with you talking about what the Republican Party has done for the state of Indiana. Surely, they have imposed property tax caps on us, which goes into a lot of different areas and destroys them. And uh, they are in there being very deceitful this morning. Why would any person want to join their party after they have bankrupt this state and sent us into the uh, situation we're in now with Governor Hogan and not one legislature, uh, the, the Bray or uh, Houston, over in this capital have done anything to uh, rein him in. They need to rein him in. The General Assembly is coming into session. Nobody's talking about curtailing his power over the state. You know, he has... Uh, complete power under his emergency order to do anything he wants to do. None of them saying anything about that. And I'm really embarrassed for the colored woman you have in there uh, proposing anybody to turn to the Republican Party for any salvation after the dirty, derogatory things they've done to destroying our education system here in the state of Indiana, which have been with us since 1851 from uh, imposing all kind of uh, racism and hurt on the citizens of this state and inhumane act, and quite frankly, with this COVID. All right. We need to think about that before we even look at them. All right. Uh, and Larry, I uh, just want you to know, I, I came across some of your artwork that you ha- have hanging up uh, in Fountain Square. Uh, very, very interesting. Uh, more callers, 317. Hang on, guys. 317-239-9696. 317-239-9696. Whitley and, and Chairman Huber, uh, obviously, Larry always has a lot to say, but uh, is is there any uh, truth or do you recognize any of what he is saying as truth and things that maybe need to be worked on? Yeah, I, I, I didn't quite understand the, the, the complete laundry list of, of complaints. That's okay, um, but but I but I think there's a lot of misinformation in there, and I, I, it's it's hard to unpack it all. But but I I would start with this that you know it sounds like uh, there were some concerns about COVID nineteen. Um, obviously, the governors you know been put into a very difficult situation as have governors across the country. I think he's done a very a very strong job of balancing lives and livelihoods. Um, on the education front, Republicans have put more dollars into education over the last, you know, decade, um, really than than you know almost anybody in history in the state of Indiana. Continue to put more dollars in the classroom. Um, you know, I, I, I'm disappointed that he that he thinks that the state's bankrupt when even through the COVID uh, situation, um, you know, you, you'll see new numbers coming out. I mean, we're still maintaining. You know, close to a two billion dollar surplus. We're running balanced budgets. Um, we really, if you look across, uh, there were just some new publications out where the where the fiscal envy of the country, with the way that we again um, have have maintained um, low and reasonable taxes for Hoosiers, um, property tax caps. I'm a little surprised. I would think that that would be something that the community would be. Uh, happy about because it helps to foster home ownership. Doesn't doesn't run folks out of their homes by overtaxing them. Um, so I, I, I'm just a little bit confused by by a lot of that. But but I, I think again, Republicans continue to be uh, on the right side of a lot of policies in Indiana and helping to lead. 
317-239-9696. More callers standing by. Caller on line two. Good morning. Who's this? Good morning. This is Ron. Um, Good morning, I, Ron. I want to know um, how um, the Republican Party can say they stand for the people here when uh, uh, around the country, Indiana signed on to um, as, with our attorney general to overturn the election when you guys know good and well that we don't have any evidence of, to return or to overturn an election. And even if they had that, uh, the Republican Party says that the state legislators uh, should take a look at this and sign off on an agreement to overturn the election when, when you know, it's, I think it was 17 states that uh, signed off on it. How can Indiana be a part of that hypocrisy when you know that um, that uh, state legislators cannot overturn an election? Um, and I just want to know uh, why you want us to join the Republican Party when you know that the election was won fair and square and there's no evidence. If there was evidence, I could understand it, but I haven't seen any yet. All right. Thank you so much for the call, Ron Whitley. And, Chairman, I'll let you answer that. Sure, happy to. Um, you know, I, I again, I, I think each attorney general in each state has to make their own decisions. I think that you know the, the particular case that got signed on to uh, was was talking about the Constitution. The Constitution says only state legislatures may change, uh, may set the laws around how elections are conducted. They were asking the Supreme Court to take a look at that. Um, I said from the beginning, I think that um, our court systems are set up uh, to ensure uh, to be a check and balance that we have fair and free elections, um, and that any party should avail themselves of those. They did. The Supreme Court went, went a different direction. Um, again, no, no one has done anything outside of the, the legal system. Electors will meet uh, this week. Um, they'll cast their votes, and you know we'll be moving forward. 317-239-9696, 317-239-9696. The phone lines are ringing. Caller on line one. Good morning. Who's this? Hey, great show. This is Mayhem. Good morning, um, Mayhem. It, Thank you. It's a great opportunity to have a balanced view of the city. I'm, I'm glad to hear uh, fresh blood wants to be Republicans. Uh, we need to get off the Jim Jones bandwagon uh, like Larry. Um, it's good to hear fresh views. Um the inner city need to be cleaned up, and I think the Republicans can do it. Uh, Democrats have been running Marion County for too long. I don't understand why we want to continue to be like um, Jim Jones, like Larry, and and have average views and average ways of living. We, we need fresh blood, and I think the new Republicans, especially of color, can bring a fresh view and clean this inner city up. Thank you. All right, Mayhem, th- thank you for the call. Let me jump to another caller online, too. Good morning. You're live on the air. Who's this? Yeah, this, this is Knight. Knight, good hey, morning. Um, I've been an independent. I voted for John Anderson, Ross Perot, mm-hmm. Nora Fulani. So mm-hmm. I'm independent. Um, um, but one thing I do want to do is um, I do want elected officials, be they Republicans or Democrats, to come to neighborhood town halls. So I, I want them to to know not anything to do with uh, Republicans or Democrats, but I believe elected officials, be they Republicans, independent or Democrats, should come to neighborhood town halls. So I want you two, uh, the two Republican officials, to know that I have 
personally, um, through email, invited both the governor and Senator Todd Young to come to a Martindale Brightwood town hall in April. So um, I have not, uh, I don't have a contact with uh, Senator Braun, so I have not reached out to him, but I have already reached out to both the governor's people and uh, Senator Todd Young's people to come to a Martindale Brightwood uh, town hall in April. And so I, I want you to know that because if they really want to reach out, I'm not so much about parties, so I'm not inviting quote-unquote party people, but we are inviting elected officials from both parties to come and meet the neighborhood. So I just want to start there that you guys need to encourage the governor and Senator Young and Senator Braun is somehow, uh, if you guys can give me a, a contact information, put that on the air, and I'll contact him, that they should come to neighborhood town halls, even though it's in the Democratic area. Still, that's the first step in reaching out is elected officials coming to neighborhood town halls. Thank you. Thank you so much for the call. What, what's a good way uh, for him to get in contact uh, with, is, is, is there a directory of all of the Republican leaders and, and folks? Um, I mean, certainly Senator Braun has a, an official office website mm-hmm. that, that, that can link to, uh, I, I don't know it off the top of my head, but I, I'm sure if you search for Senator Braun, you'll get his official office. Well, Chairman and Director, let me ask you this, because that's not the first time I've heard something like that, and I can't remember for the life of me who I was having this conversation with, if, if it was on this show or if it was a caller on this show, but their express was uh, that there are Republican leaders of different capacities who represent uh, black and brown urban areas, and they never hear from them. They're the, the, the area is, of course, cut up so that they can be a part of their district. But I have heard that from somewhere recently. I know it was a woman, and she was adamant that uh, Republicans start coming down to the, air, the urban areas that they represent because they say they never hear from them. Is there a plan to look at that? I, I, I don't know exactly, um, you know, what, what they're referring to. Uh, obviously, the governor is out and about. He's, he's got a big state to cover. Um, but he, he also has a deep bench of folks that, you know, generally, even if he can't get there, someone from his, again, that's that's official side, not the political side, that they, they make folks available depending on the issues that are being dealt with. So it may not be the governor, it might be the lieutenant governor, it might be, an agency head, if you're looking at something that involves with roads and bridges, might be NDOT. If it's children, might be FSSA or Department of Children's Services. So they certainly have their, you know, the, the big state, they have a big team. They have folks out on the ground constantly, obviously, with the caveat being the last, you know, several months, it's been difficult to be able to go out and do things in public. But they've, in the meantime, been constantly on Zoom meetings across the state with different groups. So Right, but even uh, even in normal times, the re- re-election starts the day that you get into office. So I think what, what, what this woman was conveying to me was once they get into office, they, they never come down into the urban areas because, as, as Knight just called, he's had outreach uh, and he's had different events where no one ever comes except— 
uh, maybe when there's a, an election, but even then, they just they don't feel like they're getting the representation in their urban area when they are being represented from a Republican. And I know you said that's the government side, but again, you're everybody's campaigner. You're always campaigning, even once you're in the job. It's still part yeah. of it. And this is what I would say um, in, in my position as the director of diversity and engagement. That has been a common request that I hear like, well, can we have Republican representation? And a lot of times before they either didn't know who to reach out to or maybe the proper channels to go through. I am all about community. I'm community centric. And I want to make sure that we have representation everywhere. And so that is something that's very important to me. Um, and if they are flexible and it works with the elected official schedule and they can come in by Zoom, I've had them in community meetings and talking to people. And I think that it there's been a breakdown in the relationship between communities of color and the Republican Party, but we are on the restore and we want to be in all places and palatable decision makers at the table. And so if that guy would uh, reach out to me, my email address and phone numbers on the website. I would love to follow up and make sure that that request has gone through uh, specifically uh, for the, the senators and see if we can get some representation, even if it's by Zoom at the Brightwood meeting. All right. I believe that caller was Knight. So Knight, reach out to Whitley Yates. Her information is on uh, the GOP uh, party website. So she's just giving you an invite to reach out directly to her. Let's squeeze in another caller, too, before we wrap up here. Caller on line one. Good morning. Who's this? Hi, this is Kate. Hi, Kate. What's on your mind? Yes, I was calling um, to talk specifically um, about the Republican Party um, in relation to um, public education. Mm -hmm. um, uh, I did hear Ms. Whitley say that she's all about community um, engagement. Um, however, when I viewed the website for the first inaugural class, I saw a few people um, who were familiar faces um, who were once in the public school system, um, and familiar with that, and I don't see once in their bios where they even said anything about that. So if you're for the community, if you're for public public education for sure, um, I feel there's like there's a little uh, miscommunication, a little deceitfulness, um, trying to advocate for public education but trying to hide it at the same time. You can't be for it and not openly express in your bio that you're for it. So I have an issue with that um, with some of your candidates in your uh, inaugural class. Um, I know, you know, a lot of African-American uh, Republican Party candidates, um, and not even candidates, people who um, actually are in part of the Republican Party. Um, to me, it seems like more of a, you know, the save the face for the state of Indiana and not actually trying to have a fresh view. Um, I am open and I actually um, respect different views, but I don't respect when you're trying to hide um, behind uh, different community engagements and community um, issues. And um, that's what it looked like to me, and it sounds like right now on the radio. You know, uh, Willie's doing a very great job of um, communicating and, um, you know, trying to express to people why they should join the party, which is what she needs. That's what she's, um, that's what she's there to do. But um, as far as community engagement, I have never heard of her in the community, never heard of her in the public school system. Not downing her, but I'm just saying, if you are for what you say you are, we need to hear from you for more than just on the radio or in certain areas of the town where it benefits the Republican Party. 
That's all I have to say. Thank you so much for the call. Whitley, I'll leave that one to you as we wrap it yeah. up. Well, this is, this is what I'll say. The people that were in the inaugural class, they chose their bios about them and why um, they're in this series and their professional accolades, accomplishments, et cetera. That doesn't, it doesn't just stop at the one paragraph bio that we gave them. And so they could be passionate about a plethora of other items that maybe didn't make it into that bio, but I wouldn't monolithically look at our class and say, well, no one wrote anything about education, so they don't care about education. Um, specifically, a lot of the people who come from Northwest Indiana in the Gary region, that is one of the things that I know one of the participants, B.R. Lane, has been advocating is getting the Gary school system back um, from the state because right now the state is controlling it. And this is what I will say. While you may not have seen me at an event or your engagement does not mean that I will not be there. I have hardly ever not gone to a community engagement event, not helped an organization or been there. And I think the beauty in your comment to me is that there's still more that I can do, that we can do, and that there's still room and opportunity to do more. And so I challenge you to reach out, come potentially um, see the class, interact and engage. And if there are places and spaces that you feel like we need to be in, please do not hesitate to let us know. Whitley Yates, uh, well-answered uh, response. I think that she would appreciate that. Whitley, uh, you've uh, offered your contact information and folks to connect with you a number of times. Would you give out the best way for Absolutely. people to connect? Absolutely. You guys can email me at W-Y-A-T-E-S at indiana.gop. All right. Uh Chairman Kyle Hupfer and Director Whitley Yates, thank you so much for uh, coming on and, for one, coming on in the spring to invite uh, and have some outreach with the listeners of this station, because we know who they are, uh, but then also for coming back to do a progress report uh, and, and letting us follow up to see how that is going. And I hope we'll we'll do that. Uh, again, and we'll see how how things are going as, as your series moves on. If folks are interested in maybe still getting involved some other way or in the future, what's the best way to do that? I would say the best way to get involved is to shoot us an email and let us know. The beauty, I think, of, of our party is that you don't have to be a part of it um, to help it, right? So you don't have to agree with all of the things that we agree with. But if you feel like there's a void or we are missing something, um, please let us know. Because as constructive criticism can propel conversations, we want to also be change agents in the community for all people, not just people who identify with our platform. All right, guys, thank you so much for coming again. And uh, it, as one of the callers pointed out, it's good to hear from the other side sometimes, often more than often, more than I'd like, we don't get to hear from the Republicans, not because we don't invite them, but because they don't respond or they're too busy or they don't see the importance of uh, coming on these stations and talking to this group of listeners. So um, thank you for uh, seeing the value in, 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 the, in the folks who are here with us every Sunday. Tell, please tell your other friends to come sit down with us sometime.
Absolutely. All right. Uh, Chairman Hupfer and Director Whitley Yates on us on with us here on Open Lines on this Sunday morning. It is a historic day across the country as the Pfizer vaccine is rolling out uh, from the warehouses just north of here in the great state of Michigan. It is headed to hospitals all across the country, uh, but a lot of folks are still feeling uneasy. Not everybody is feeling so celebratory as what we believe, at least what we hope, will be the end of this pandemic, the first leg of it rolling out here this morning. This all comes on the same week where our governor, Eric Holcomb said, Indiana is on fire. What exactly did he mean by that? We'll play his comments in context and then allow you to talk about it as well. As I want to know, are you going to take the vaccine? Will you be in line? Are you going to take that first batch, that second batch? We've also got some research on why you may have the answer that you have, depending literally on what your skin color is and what your background is. All that and more still to talk about. Call me 317-239-9696. We're going to inspire you with some other stuff when we come back. This is Open Lines. We want to hear from you, your thoughts, your views, your voice. We are your eye on the community. It's Open Lines on Hot 96.3. Let's get back to Open Lines, your eye on the community on Hot 96.3. And welcome back to Open Lines on this Sunday morning, December 13th. It is Inspire You Day here at WTLC and Hot 96.3. We had our first day of our virtual expo go on all day yesterday. I caught bits and pieces of it and sat through some of it. And it was beautiful. This was this is something we always do. We always try to find some kind of event, whether it be uh, the women's empowerment events the station is known for doing or a number of other things. That's what we do. But due to the pandemic, we had to go virtual. So we didn't let that stop us. It inspired us to take our efforts online and still bring it to you. And it continues today at 10 a.m. It is Sunday. So, you know, we got to start you off with a little bit of worship and get you with some inspirational words to start the day. Erica Campbell is giving us a musical performance and then we'll start with some yoga relaxing and a relate and release session. Uh, All these things are going on all day long. You can check out uh, the entire day schedule at both WTLC.com, WTLCFM.com, and Hot96.3.com. Later today, you'll see myself and Tina Cosby moderate a very good topic on 2020. Was this a moment or was this a movement? We'll talk about the next steps to to secure Uh, racial justice and equality after everything we've seen this year was it just a moment in history or was it a movement for the future Uh, we have a conversation with congressman andre carson oshia boyd of the indianapolis recorder marshawn woley of the indianapolis african-american coalition and jessica louise with indy 10 black lives matter that's just one of literally a list and i do mean a list of things that are all going to be streaming for you all day long online like us on facebook and get uh, a piece of a chance for find some way through here we'll get you inspired just watch just 
uh, a piece of it and you'll enjoy it. Uh, that's going on today. The vaccine is going out uh, today. Uh, that's happening right now. I'm looking at trucks leaving from Portage, Michigan, which is uh, directly north of us, just uh, north uh, east of South Bend. So roughly 200 miles if you go straight up from Indianapolis is where the vaccine is literally rolling out uh, from the Pfizer facility in Portage, Michigan. The phone lines have already blown up, so I already know what y'all want to talk about. I haven't even given up the phone number yet, so I'm coming to you. Stay right there. Uh, the vaccine rolls out on the same week where our governor, Eric Holcomb, said Indiana is on fire. I don't know if he realized what that phrase was going to do. I don't know if that was off the cuff, but that line was on every banner on TV, was on the cover of every newspaper. Indiana is on fire. It is a direct quote. But what exactly did he mean by that? Because a lot of people are upset. How can you say that Indiana is on fire, but proceeded with little to no Action on how we're going to put out said fire. Yes, the governor did say that uh, he's uh, asking hospitals to stop doing uh, non-emergency procedures to make up some beds. So there is some action there. But most of the quotes and responses that you've seen on TV or on the radio or on Twitter or whatever has said, how can you say Indiana is on fire, but you're not sending out the fire trucks? I want to start. Uh, with getting your thoughts and reactions to that. and But also, first, play the governor uh, in context so you can hear exactly what he said and then respond to it. Start calling me now, 317-239-9696. Here is Governor Holcomb in his own words. Also, you'll recall in just a month ago, not even a full month ago, in uh, November, we announced that we were going to be shifting to a more locally- um, driven, pandemic, um, requirements-based and reaction um, regarding the, the level of positivity and spread of the number of cases per 100,000 residents. And the metrics show, obviously, a county, whether it's in blue, yellow, orange, or red, what that spread is. If it's um, blue, there's relatively little or a slow spread, and if it's red, it is raging. And, uh, and just a month later, I mean, just to put this in perspectives, um, we obviously monitor COVID patients, hospital rates, um, ICU and vent availability. A month later, after we made that um, announcement, uh, the state of Indiana, when you when you talk about counties being red, the state of Indiana is on fire. And so just to put this all in context or perspective, every one of our 92 counties is red in terms of one of the ways we measure this, the number of cases per 100,000 residents. And so there you have it. That's why Governor Holcomb says Indiana is on fire. He's talking about that map that you can see online at the State Department of Health's website that uh, grades each county on how they're doing with coronavirus and the majority of of the map right now is red that's why the governor says indiana is on fire and again the phone lines have already lit up folks want to know if if we're on fire where are the fire trucks uh this all comes again as the vaccine rolls out so some folks feel maybe they're just trying to wait it out uh, and not do any government restrictions on business and the economy because we know they've had a hard year. We know that. 
without a doubt. I do stories on businesses every week who are struggling or trying to figure out creative ways to get through this. Uh, but as I was out uh, yesterday, made a quick run to, um, what did we get? Something from the pet store. Oh, uh, we, we got some food and, and, a, and a dog sweater. We're those people now. We put a, got a picture with the dog and a sweater. And But as we were out, that was the one place we went, and I got a haircut. And I was like, man, it doesn't really feel like there's a pandemic. Because I remember going to those same places when we'd be like the only people out. And so it, it just seems it, it, it's hard to feel when you're out there that Indiana is on fire and that we're in the middle of a pandemic. What do you think? 317-239-9696. 317-239-9696. Caller on line one. Good morning. Who's this? Hey, how you doing, Tim? Brother, hey, good morning. Nice to take my call. Yeah. This is the last segment, and, and I've always said you need balance in both on, uh, people on both sides. But in, in, uh, from my teachings, from all my, my scholars, Dr. Clark and Wilson, stuff like that, either we're going to have our own party as black people dealing with our own issues, or we're going to continue to go through a cycle of wanting to jump here and jump there and jump here. And as you can look at the Biden audio tapes, it doesn't matter because we're still going to be treated like second class. I would ask those GOP people who were on what legislation that directly, not the rising tide vote all boats because black folks' boats got holes in them. What legislation has they taken to a Republican-dominated legislator that has been passed that specifically helps my old home of Gary? or here, or specifically black people, specifically. And then I'll look for that on their websites, because until I can hear that, then it doesn't matter which two wings of the bird we jump to. It's still that evil old bird. And in our opinion, that bird has to change. But going to the COVID, well, I'm in it every day. I mean, <laughs> I'm giving tests every day in the hospital, so it's on fire. The place is on fire. They don't care. Uh, you want to talk about businesses. They've got to make money. Okay, what about us in the house? We can't even effectively do our jobs because of the lack of responsibility of the people on the outside or people who are frequently the so-called businesses that need to earn the money. There has to be some balanced approach that hasn't been there. All they want to do is probably try to do a herd immunity, which is not happening. Look what happened to Debo the other day. He got it once, and they figured he died from it again. Mm-hmm. So uh, this vaccine, what, they only got 55,000 doses. We're laughing about that in the hospital all week. We're laughing. Well, all of us employees, we're laughing. PAs, doctors, NPs, we're laughing. What are 55,000 doses going to Actually, a PA told me that if they just gave it to 80 and above, probably over some time you may get herd immunity, but then the research come out from the article you had that 70% of the people that were transferring, it was between 20 and 59, and probably not in health care and probably not frontline workers and probably not uh, 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 contact like like we are. So I don't know how they're going to do it, but I agree with Milton Grimes and I'll be done. I agree with Milton Grimes and Attorney Banks that was on the Daniel Lee show. And people, if you get a chance, listen to the attorney sometime because sometimes some passes, except for Posley. Posley was very balanced mm-hmm. with his statement there, and I appreciate him. But some passes and some of these black doctors, people are not talking with any sense. And Milton Grimes said yesterday, you need to wait and see what happens with millions of other people because the cure could be worse than the disease. And think about it, it took 40 years for a flu vaccine, no vaccine for the cold, 100 years, nothing for cancer, nothing for uh, HIV, and yet you did this in nine months? No, I'm going to, uh, if they tell me, I'll use religion because religion is, a, is, a, is, a, is one of the outs along with health care, so I'll definitely cite my religion to my employer. 
but we're going to wait and see, you know, 50, 100, 200 million people see what happens. I am. And and thanks, all right. Thank you so much, man. I'm going to play uh, uh, real quick uh, the story that you're referencing. I talked with uh, some uh, uh, medical sociologists as well as a black pastor, Dr. Clyde Posley, who uh, we send his, uh, our condolences to lost his father just this week. Uh, but I wanted to get the perspective on what the role the black church may play in getting the vaccine out. I'm going to play this story. Turn your radio up a little bit when I start to play it because it just doesn't get as loud as I want it to. But this talks about why there will be uh, a lot of us black Americans are skeptical of the COVID vaccine. Partially, yes, because it came out so fast. You said it exactly the same thing Posley said was all we've had all these things for years. No cure. But suddenly in nine months, you get a vaccine. Sure, it may be safe, but that is cost for people to be skeptical. And for black folks, there's another reason. As Indiana waits for its first dose of a COVID-19 vaccine, there is hesitation among many Hoosiers, but that hesitation is likely highest among African Americans. As a pastor of 32 years and as a professor for, for, uh, for several years and just, you know, kind of a social scientist myself, I can tell you it's not going to just be do this and uh, the, the African American culture by and large embraces it. That's not it's not going to work that way. The community's mistrust of medical research goes back hundreds of years to the days of slavery and continues today. Many of them know the story of a group of black men from Tuskegee, Alabama, who were used by researchers to track the then unknown course of syphilis from 1932 to the 1970s. They were enrolled in 1932, and even though there was uh, medication available in 1947, that could have treated the syphilis, they were not told. Elaine Hernandez is a medical sociologist at Indiana University. She says while people of all backgrounds may be hesitant to take the new vaccine, the history of African Americans and medical research must be acknowledged. Everything that we've seen so far this summer, um, all of the systematic racism and institutional racism that exists in other institutions exists in medical institutions as well. Dr. Clyde Posley Jr. is an Indianapolis pastor who hasn't held an in-person church service since March. He says when the coronavirus vaccine is available, he'll gladly take it and even do it publicly, but only after enough people have taken the first round and it's proven safe. He says only when that's done can the black church push their members to get the vaccine. Uh, there is, uh, of the people I've talked to, there's a consensus that, that we would like to see some specific trials relative to black people, headed by black people, and influenced by uh, black stakeholders in the African-American community. Cameron Riddle, WRTV. And that's our report for this week from uh, from across the street at WRTV. You want to see that again? It's on WRTV.com. What do you think? we got five minutes left in the show. Some of the reasons why uh, many black Americans may be skeptical. There's a lot of history behind it. There's a lot of skepticism for a number of reasons. But what about you? Call me 317-239-9696. Let's see who this is on line one. Caller, good morning. You're live on the air. Hey, Cameron. How you doing this morning? I'm good. How are you, my friend? I am doing great. Um, but as I was uh, cut off on, on one of the shows, uh, I was about to share with you guys that, uh, like they said, there's no cure. Uh, they don't. They came up with this vaccine in nine months. There is no cure for cancer. Uh, and the reason why there isn't any cure for cancer, because of all of the poisons and different things in our food and the food that we eat, the deodorant and all these different types of things, 
have all these different chemicals. And these medications that they're making are not medications to heal us. It's medications to heal them. And they just hope that we uh, can benefit from it some type of way. Me personally, no, I'm not taking no vaccines, no flu vaccines or none of that sort of thing. Uh, these people, man, are they, they are not, they're not beneficial. This is not beneficial. Uh, it's just like these, there's over 300,000 people that died now. And again, like I said, there is no cure for cancer. Only cure for cancer is that we quit accepting this food that they, all these poisons that they put in our food. And we need to stop eating this crap that we're eating. So the next time you, anybody goes to the doctor, why don't you ask them specifically what's, what's causing uh, your illness or your disease, and and they will start telling you a little bit, but they're not going to tell you the whole thing. So all right, thank you, Paul. I'm gonna me. I'm gonna stop you okay. not because uh, yeah, no, 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 no. I'm just out of time. I'm just out of time, and I got another caller I want to squeeze in. But thank you. I, I that's you. a I that's a no that's vote good. from Paul. Thank you so much. Okay. Call me next week. All we'll right. talk some more. Uh, that's a no vote from Paul. Uh, not getting the vaccine. Uh, a couple minutes left in the show. And I even just heard this morning, I just think that we just need more information and I'm working to get you guys more information. But it there I, I heard for the first time this morning that even when you take the vaccine and this is from a doctor uh, who I'm listening to, even once you take that vaccine, that doesn't necessarily mean they ha- they do not have the research to show that you still can't transmit it. You might not have symptoms. But they're saying if you get that vaccine this weekend and you want to be with your family for New Year's Eve, you still have to wear a mask because we don't know if you can transmit it. That's fine. We just there. That just goes to the fact that we need more research. Two minutes left in the show. Let me get this caller in and I'm going to give you caller on line three. Thirty seconds. What's on your mind? Hello. Yes, you're live on the air. Thirty seconds. Hit it. Uh, the only thing I want to say real quick concerning going back to the, uh, your uh, earlier subject, uh, the Republican Party. Mm hmm. The Republican Party uh, needs to quit business, especially when this president decides to dismantle uh, 7,000, 7 million votes. That's all I got to say. All right. Thank you so much for the call. Uh, lots of opinions and the phones are still ringing as we get ready to sign off here uh, again thanks guys for the for the great show Lot, lots of good conversation and this stuff is changing minute by minute by minute and I'm working to learn more so that I can uh, share it with, with you all uh, it just seems like it should be uh, more available than what it is uh, with that said uh, it is Inspire You Day, and I want to remind you to check out some of the awesome conversations and different uh, programs that we are having for you in our virtual expo to get you ready for 2021. Tina Cosby and I sit down uh, and talk about is this a moment or movement that airs today at 315. That's all online at either our website or our station Facebook page, Hot 96.3 and 106.7 WTLC. We talk with Congressman Carson, Jessica Louise of Indy 10 Black Lives Matter, Oshia Boyd from the Indianapolis Recorder, and Marshawn Woley from the African American Coalition. That's just one of many things happening today. If you are listening to Hot 96.3, we got more music on the way. If you're listening on 106.7 WTLC, the Hour of Power with Al Sharpton starts in just seconds. I'm Cameron Riddle. Thank you for listening to Open Lines. I'm back same time, same station next Sunday, live at 8.